When you're setting up your own, whether you're alone or with partners, you've got to accept that there is no you outside of that. That yeah. this, is, this is consuming. I'm here today with Pat Dwyer, who is with the Purpose Business. She's come out of corporate two and a half years ago, jumped into her own thing, didn't have a plan, but definitely has attacked the world. Uh, this is a fantastic interview. You really gotta, you will. I, you don't have to, you will like, share, and comment. So thank you very much, Pat. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Thanks we for hope that you enjoy, we know you will, so stay tuned. So do us a favor, tell us a little bit about yourself what you do and why you love doing it in the city. So the last yeah. time I saw you was when I did that job. That was seven and a half years with Shangri-La and then started my own business. Why did I do it? Why didn't I do it sooner? I guess uh, okay. is the biggest okay. thing. I mean, the premise is really if I can do it with one with a massive team of people, imagine doing it for so many more. Mm -hmm. Basically said, right, we need more Asian stories of sustainability. Um, and that's what we are as a team that works in Asia Pacific. Um, yeah, and we're lucky enough to have landed some iconic brands, okay. uh, mostly in Hong Kong and the Philippines. Would I change anything of what we did? I am not an entrepreneur. So I guess the biggest thing, or like if there are students listening, mm -hmm. go get your entrepreneur degree um, I never had myself as a business owner yeah. I'm used to working in big organizations whatever they okay. may be nonprofits so and feel? all that like you know you used to like I need a computer nuts. yeah okay. um, there's no chart for this like okay. there's no kind of um, manual for it mm. so constant learning but I think the number one thing I've learned is to surround yourself with people who are experts who are much better than you okay and they're the professional heads I'm selling anyway so yeah okay, okay. yeah so why did you choose two and a half years ago to make the jump like what was your catalyst to leave Ooh. what was probably a really cushy job why would you jump out of that and into something you knew nothing about in a sense a product you have to develop clients mm -hmm. you don't have like what made go through the trouble yeah. of it I guess I called my company the reason why I did it which is okay. purpose um, okay. it sounds trite but we're lucky to have landed that website then <laughs> but you feel like you've done all that you could Changing the mothership isn't always easy, and I've been blessed with an amazing support, top-down and sideways and all that. But it was time to kind of do more of this with a bigger set of team and beneficiaries and you know the real okay. change you wanted to see. You can say you've probably done all that you could at the time that you could, okay. and it was the perfect time to leave. If I didn't leave then, I think I would have spiraled in a different way, and that's you know that's not good for you okay um, and you know what they say about failing fast and failing mm. cheap I think that was the part failing when well there are ways <laughs> next up um, no but there are ways to to kind of do that in the most minimal way possible mm -hmm. and I was not going to wait any longer to kind of go and try that so okay. trialing that at that time was perfect did you start with partners did you start <laughs> by yourself did you have your first client in hand or was it really like, I've gone as far as I can in this organization, I've gone as far as I can in sustainability, I know I have to go and chart a new path. Like, mm -hmm. how much had you done in advance? And looking back, was it enough? I think the market is ready, was ready then. Any earlier, I would have been starving. 
Um, so if I did it now, there's too many, there's too many consultants in this space and too many good ones like expertise and all that. Mm. Did I start with partners? Let's say not being an entrepreneur, you surround yourself with people who are better than you in certain aspects. I knew okay. what I could do, but I knew who I needed to go to for help. Okay. So there are people who helped me think through what that was going to look like. I used my notice period to kind of set all that up. Most people would say, why don't you moonlight and keep your day job and stay sane and pay the bills and then shift it once you've got a ready market for it. Um, I didn't have that luxury. Okay. Um, and I guess would I have done it differently? Sure. Mm -hmm. But nothing has failed fast and cheap since then. So okay. we've okay. learned our lessons in a, in a fairly cost efficient way, I okay. would say. <laughs> and just immediate like, when you made the jump, what did you think it would be? And how different oh was it? I have no idea. Okay. Seriously, I think I had no expectations of what it would look like. You know, okay. it, the only expectations were, are you going to open a hot desk? Are you going to be co-working? All the physical expectations were, was there. Um, so I guess in a good way, that was, that was easy to handle. Right. Anything you did was more than what was expected. Okay. Um, there are certain things you don't expect, such as the way clients behave, good and bad, the way decisions are being made, how fast, how slow. I guess I had never lived the life of a consultant, so I didn't know what it was like to be a consultant. Okay. Um, but I do know how it is to be in-house, and a lot of us in our team knew how it is to be in-house. So you know exactly <laughs> the excuses or the bureaucracy that you need to navigate, the yep. length of decision making, and that I would like to think that makes it a little bit more accepting okay. on their side to work with people like us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. People like us, are we all crazy? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I don't know why we do what we do. <laughs> now, part of the challenge, like, and I found this in my own agency, is like you can be asked to do everything. Yeah. What has your focus been, and how have you developed that over time? So the tactic in year one was suck it up what the market is ready for. It may not be what you want to do. So it could be reporting. It could be anything that is just basic. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's what the market is about. But over time, kind of build out. There's a center line of the products. There's an MVP, your most valuable product that you want to go for. And if there are no buyers, make the buyers because they don't know what they're looking for. And this is the beauty of sustainability, I think, because it could go into meaningful products or services. It could go strategy, governance. And yes, we've said no to certain clients who've asked okay. for, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? And they tend to kind of, if they like you, they want a one-stop shop. Right, right. Um, and we're very, I guess we've set ourselves up to be a very humble brand where we know what we could be good at. Mm -hmm. But the, set, the way we set up the purpose business is that it's a network of experts as well. Okay. So if we don't have it in-house, there's actually a second layer. Mm -hmm. um, and I know everybody says partnerships and all that, but they are within the team. Okay. So there's expertises that we know we can tap on and you front the best kind of team to that client. Um, we're now working on frameworks that are branded or IP'd hopefully under our name and all that. And that could not have happened if we tried to do that in the beginning. Yeah, so, sure. you know, you can prototype and you can test, which is what we did the first two years. Mm -hmm. And very exciting times in the next year, I would think something that Great. is on brand is gonna come out. As an entrepreneur, you can have big aspirations. I want to build a team in six offices in six countries, da, 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 da. And some are like, no, no, no. I, want a, I want a lifestyle business. I want to be able to work out. I want to be able to have the family. I want to do, like, how are you in the business? And then how does that affect how you make the decisions about how to build and how to hire and 
cash flow, like it's all these things can add pressure. Right. How do you build your business? Like what's your mindset and what do you really focus on doing? Right. There is a vision that we all share, right? So working towards the vision. But I think one thing that has made us really different is the setup with the people. So every single one of us has a life in sustainability. One's a marine biologist, one is an ethics professor, one does mushroom farming on rooftops, another one is a carbon manager. So we don't want to take that away from them because that's what makes them relevant. Right. The last thing you want to be is, I used to do that and therefore hire me because I know what I'm doing or I know what I'm advising you with. That's what everyone does. Yeah. We are active in that space, hands dirty, but we can tell you if you're going on this direction, we're actually in there. You yeah. know, like we are pushing regulation or we are um, figuring out what the price of the next resource is and we'll figure sure. it out with you. Um, and so in that sense, there's a bit more balance. Okay. The way we hire people, you're, if you wanted a secure full-time job, nine hours, 10 hours in an office, you're not gonna work with us. Okay. In fact, we've had prospects who've said to us, you are too disruptive. We're not ready for that yet. <laughs> right. And I take that as a good thing because then you filter out who it is that you can work with and not. Um, that said, we're not being flippant about setups and you know minimum compliance and things as such. But everyone's got a life and sustainability and everyone yeah. pursues that whilst being on the team. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why we attract the people that we're working with right now. Now, when you have so many players in the market, I'll talk about sustainability. Uh, um, how how do you differentiate yourself? How do you create definitions that are engaging to clients just at a product level? Like, right. how have you found that process? Well, I think that's two questions there. Um, one is, how do you differentiate yourself from all the others? Well, I think our model is very, very different. The way we work is very different. Having that set up allows us to be cost efficient with the highest level of expertise. Yeah. So we'd like to think we're not up here with a you know who's who are most expensive number of zeros and then yeah. down here with interns kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's one. And then two, the specialization in sustainability is away from just the technical environment assessment or just the what are my community programs going to be. Yeah. Let's bring it back to purpose. So okay. that is what is very, very distinct with us because we know oh profit is not my purpose like there is still that kind of enlightenment with some businesses but when you link it to what is the legacy you're trying to create what was yeah. your business there for in the first place right. it then becomes unnecessary to do a materiality assessment sometimes because yeah. if you stick to that then you know exactly what you should be focusing on mm. when we work with SMEs it's really encouraging because everyone says what they've no money startups they've no money for sustainability yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but actually if it's a cafe or a chain of restaurants bang it's food safety it's packaging it's sourcing they yeah. know their issue mm. and that's such a joy to work with because yeah. the worst thing is when a prospect yeah, yeah. just wants to do everything <laughs> and doesn't know which one and wants you to figure out and you kind of your job is to show okay. could you do this could you do that and yeah how do you feel now that you're on your own like you get to pick and choose you don't have to appease the masses <laughs> you don't have to appease your boss like, does that bring you personally a very different feeling about how you go to work every day First of all, we don't get to pick and choose all the time. I mean, Fair you're enough. still beholden to clients, right? And you, there are still clients that you'd love, love, love to work with yeah. um, and clients that are not ready for you yet. Yeah. So, but yes, you get to pick and choose your battles. You get to pick and choose the kind of work sometimes. Yeah. Um, every day is a different day. Mm. There is no, I think in the first week or maybe even the first month, there was, I began to realize that there was no weekday and a weekend. 
Sunday is proposal day, but watch you all, I am running on Tuesday, you know, like, yeah. and you're all miserable in your nine o'clock work hour and you're yeah, still yeah, yeah. there, right? Um, so that is fun. We look forward to that. I think, again, with our setup, there's a lot of us who do virtual offices. Yeah. Um, I have three or four mothers who have got two or three kids apiece and wow. they run a program on GHG emissions training with a baby in hand and that's just you know it's for it's cool and yeah. it's very cool to see a client that you didn't think would be okay with that to be hundred percent all over it what advice would you give to them being inside the machine <laughs> having the comfortable life maybe the kids and the package and the blah blah what advice would you give to them if they're considering making that jump? Again, I'm not an entrepreneur, so it's not as if one day I'm gonna go and sell this for myself. I didn't yeah. even think of it that I got. But in hindsight, intrapreneurial thinking, why why diss all that when you've got all the perks, right? And yeah. if you can do be the change agent internally, absolutely do it. Mm. And I think my advice is to speak up and find the kindred spirits who can make that happen for you. Mm. If that doesn't work and you've tried relentlessly and you found, you know, the C-suite that will give you the blessing to go into it and there's still none, yeah. then you got to think about, you know, the practical stuff, paying the bills and balancing the family and all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I don't think I really thought, let me go and set up my own thing. In fact, I probably even said, is there someone who I could just join and help that grow? Because yeah, that's yeah. the easy route. Now, a lot of people, they romanticize the idea <laughs> of being an entrepreneur, of right. owning their own time. Of yeah. the, what are some of the things that you maybe romanticized <laughs> about to start off with? that have become reality. I guess you've got an image of your day in your head, right? I'll squeeze in a bit of running in here and I can go catch up with friends there and then you can do the work in between and that's enough. Um, when you're setting up your own, whether you're alone or with partners, you've got to accept that there is no you outside of that. That yeah. this, is, this is consuming. Even when you're on the treadmill or you're swimming in my case, that's the time you kind of you know recover mm. but that's also your creative time so there's no yeah. switching off yeah. um, I guess and and you can't have you shouldn't afford that luxury but then again if you don't work it's not gonna get built right, 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 right. so you could have the four-hour day and you know 16 hours on the side that you're doing whatever yeah. and it'll only grow that pace so I guess if you romanticize oh in two years I'm gonna do series A and in five years I'm yeah. gonna be bought out ain't gonna happen if you don't talk in the hours yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said I had no expectations I think for me it was more the reverse which is oh my god where where is it going now like yeah. what are my options and everyone saying go this way go this way go this way and there's no one way in fact yeah, we yeah, should take sure. that offline and have the okay what do I do now it's yeah, year yeah. three um, okay so, but, the, yeah. so there's actually a different question then who do you trust to give you advice that's useful? Yeah. Everyone will give you advice. Yeah. Everyone will say what they think they should, that you should do. But how do you how do you find the people to trust? Are there people that you absolutely trust? Yes. Are there people who've gone through it? Yes. Are there people who are entrepreneurs? Like who, who do you go to? I've deliberately created a circle of entrepreneurs, ex-entrepreneurs, semi-VCs, and people who are just really good at the shit I'm not good at. Okay. Um, so whether it's super hardcore finance or if it's, you know, um, yeah, it's certain aspects. And I, I have them in like a panel in my head and I can go phone them up. Okay. They're not on the board, they're not, um, they're not necessarily with a discipline on how they speak to me, but they are my biggest critics. Okay. And these are the people you know will just call it what it is and tell you to stop. Yeah. Or if you're, 
you know, flip-flopping on a decision, they're just gonna call my bluff out and then yeah, force yeah. me to do it. Okay. I actually have one who is who's on the finance space kind of advising me, and I've known him since before uni. Mm. And he is serial, he is lethal, he says, and I quote, my job is to take you to hell, but make you want to go for it before I even ask you. And it's just that, or take you nice. to heaven and make yeah. you want to go before I even ask you. And yeah. they're very, very spot on like that. Um, I'm lucky to have circles like the World Economic Forum, YGL, who've yes. all done this and who okay. are all amazing. And I kind of feel I'm this teeny tiny brownie making businesswoman and you're all these <laughs> tech and, you know, but everyone is going through the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I've, what room in your life do you have for complaining about your situation? <laughs> complaining? Yeah. Oh, and wow. How, okay. much, how, much, how much thought do you give to failure and maybe lessons from like if this doesn't work out I have this mm -hmm. or if this product doesn't like do you look to learn from failure do you fear failure are you someone who's like a little bit hesitant like how, how does that fit into your life I think it's breathed in and out every day because again this isn't my comfort zone mm. so the fact that you know like if all goes eight and this isn't working then yeah. I gotta go plan B plan C or whatever right so I think it helps to have that attitude that, and I didn't do that deliberately. This is the kind of way that these things have fallen for me. But um, do I do I embrace failure? Yes. Do I seek it? I try to avoid it, of course. But you know that every, let's say that yeah, every yeah. scenario, you know how it's going to fail. And yeah. that's your kind of sense check of whether you're ready for it to succeed or not. Yeah. Has it failed in certain respects? Yes. And sometimes it's just a genuine failure. Um, let the wind blow, as it says. Yeah. Um, let the wind blow. And then, you know, life moves on. It's mm -hmm. not as if you could belabor that and say, I'm never going to try that service again or that system again. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do it this way because it really depends on the way your clients and your people want to work with you. So I like yeah. it though. Embrace failure, but don't seek it. Don't right? seek it. No, don't <laughs> seek it. God. Fail fast. Fail fast, but learn faster. Learn right? faster.